sitting up here with this thing on the whole time. Good thing I wasn't talking like I shouldn't have talked. I know my Redeemer lives. Woo! Easter Sunday morning, that first day of the week. Jesus had been crucified. Dead. Graveyard dead. Buried in a tomb. Belonged to Joseph of Arimathea. The disciples. Distraught. Confused. Wondering, what are we going to do now? He's the one that we'd put our hope and our confidence in. He is the one that we had forsook all to follow him. And now he's dead. What would you do? They were no different than you and I. But that Sunday morning, old Mary starts down there to the tomb. And she met that angel. Think about it. And that angel says, fear not. For I know that you seek Jesus. He ain't here. He's risen from the dead just like he said he would. I know my Redeemer lives. How about you? I don't have to any questions about it. He lives in my heart. He's changed my life. He lives in my heart. One of my nieces, when she was a little girl, was taught that in Sunday school and was telling us about it. And she was probably four years old or thereabout. And she says, oh, I wish I could just take him out and kiss him. <laughs> Well, you can love on him. You can tell him you love him. Need to tell him you love him. You need to praise him and worship him. Cry out to him. Because my Redeemer lives. He's not among the others that have claimed to be the way, the God, the Messiah. That's, they're still in their graves. His grave's empty. He's alive, y'all. In fact, he said in his word, the reason he came to die was to seek and to save that which was lost. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, to destroy the works of the evil one. Amen. And I assure you, no matter what evil work you've gotten caught up in in your life, no matter what evil spirit or principality that you have found that has had control of your life that if you'll hide in Christ and submit to him and cry out to him and look to Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith you will not go down defeated. You will not lose this battle because no matter how many times you get knocked down if you get up call out unto the Lord Guess what happens? Let me back up just a little bit. Scripture says, talking to his family, to his kids, beloved. That's how I know he's talking to his kids, Brother Marvin. Beloved, I would that you sin not. But 
You've heard that before. You've read that before, haven't you? What does that word but mean? Come on. It means what's about to be said is more important than what was just said. So with that in mind, beloved, I would that you sin not, but if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, there's not a better advocate. There's not a better lawyer anywhere than Jesus pleading your case and my case. He, Perry Mason was good, but Jesus ain't never lost no case either. And I got news for you, he ain't going to lose one. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He has the final say. Enough said. He is who he said he is. Can do what he says he'll do. Now it's time you become a doer of the word. He somewhat chastises us a little bit and he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Way too many people have more information than they'll ever use. Not only pertaining to the godly things, but in life in general. But I'm speaking of especially in godly things. If you never learn another thing about the Lord, but you put into practice everything that you know about him right now and do what his word says to do. In fact, I'm reminded of a story uh, about Mark Twain. Y'all remember who he was? Wrote Huckleberry Finn and... Some of those kinds of books. Now, you, some of you youngsters, y'all might need to go read some of his writings. And there was a group of men that was debating over the scriptures. And they were talking about how many scriptures they just didn't understand. I've tried to read the word and I just don't understand it. Does that sound like anybody you know? And then this brilliant man, Mark Twain, he says, fellas... It's not the scriptures that I don't understand that concern me. It's the ones that I do understand and don't do. <laughs> you see, I've said it so many times, you're probably tired of hearing it, but you're going to hear it some more. The biggest sin in the church is not adultery, not drunkenness, not all of the quote-unquote biggies that people will try to put out there. The biggest sin in the church is the sins of omission. The sins of things that we know we should be doing and don't do. I'll give you for example. How about forgiveness? Whew. Man, there's so many people hate that word. Scripture says that if you're at the altars and you remember that you have ought against your brother or he has ought against you, leave your request at the altar and go make that thing right. And if you don't do it, Scripture says for you not to think that you'll receive anything from God. I want you to understand something. God is not a Santa Claus for you. For you to boss around and tell him what to do. He's Lord of Lords. And King of Kings. He's the one that you're to submit to what he says in his word. Obey what he says. And watch his word work in your life. I had no intention of going there, but I do want to go to Matthew 28. It's not strange. It's orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Kelly would sing, I know my Redeemer liveth. Confirmation 
to what I'm supposed to speak tonight. And I'm going to tell you, you know how I got this message tonight? I was over in the barn, running a little late. Me and Shelby had been talking, and I guess it was about 5 o'clock, and I was feeding the horse. And I saw Kara Roan's mother walking down the road over there. And I thought, boy, it's way too hot to be on some kind of exercise program walking down the highway this time of day. About that time, my phone rang. And it was Kara. And she says, Brother Dennis, I got a calf out on the highway, and I don't know what to do. See, her husband, Canyon, and them were all at the fire station. I said, I'm on my way. I grabbed a rope, jumped on that four-wheeler, said, come on, Shelby, let's go. We struck out across the highway. Long, long story short, made short. This little old white longhorn calf. He's on the backside of the, their place. I thought he was going to go in the woods, but praise the Lord, he turned and went down the fence. And I had him cornered up there in a little old area, probably about big as this stage. And I thought, surely I can rope him in here. <laughs> So I shook me out of the loop. It's a white calf. Keep that in mind. It's strange. When I looked at that calf, it was the fields are white under harvest. Amen. I kid you not. The fields are white under harvest. When that calf broke and run down that fence, I just dropped a loop over him, pulled him around. Young Shelby, he grabbed a handful, and I said, hold on to him, sucker. <laughs> No, anyway, we got that calf back in the pen. But as the Lord began to deal with me about Matthew 28. Jesus has died. He's risen. He's had, the angel has had his conversation with the, these ladies. He's given them instruction to go tell his disciples. Then we pick up in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But... Some doubted. But, some doubted. But, some doubted. And Jesus came and he spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. This is known throughout Christianity as the Great Commission. We don't hear enough about the Great Commission anymore for a lot of reasons. I believe it's because we live in a society that we've become so entangled with the cares of life and we've become so busy that we as preachers are afraid to ask people or to remind people of God asking them to be doers of the word. You see, I have, I'm not that old in my eyes, some of yours maybe I am, but I'm old enough to remember when families had nothing but time and love to give. And I remember when we, I would be made to go to youth camps how uh, adults would take vacations from work and go down and serve as counselors and work in the kitchens cooking and all that but nobody had any money to give but you see now we live in a, in a time where everybody's willing to give you money but don't ask them to do anything but I want you to know God has called us to be doers not just of the great commission 
but of his word in totality. He wants us to be doers of obedience to the things that he said to do. Now I want to be adamant about this because I want you to understand something. The candle is burning low. Won't be long till Jesus is coming to get us. Amen. Old brother Jack Moore, great man of God, he says we've got to live like the Lord is coming today. Amen. And we've got to work like we have a thousand years. Brothers and sisters, I want you to realize life is important. Providing for our families is important. Education is important. Learning to be a team player in sports or whatever, it's important. But nothing trumps obedience to what the thing God would speak into our lives. Nothing trumps or is of more significance to bringing blessings in your life and peace and prosperity and Harmony in your home and in your marriages and your bank account. Because you see, if you're a doer, and y'all know I don't mention money much. If you're a doer, if God has your heart, he has your wallet. Amen. If he don't have your wallet, he don't have your heart. Now all I want to ask you to do concerning your giving is to seek God. That's what he'd have you to do and do whatever it is he tells you. I'm not going to tell you anything other than be a doer of the things that God says. And he's laid out some guidelines in his word as to the things that we should do. Now, if you want to be receive the blessings of God, go to Deuteronomy 28. And start about verse 2 and read to about verse 16. And it talks about, and I'm going to paraphrase for you very quickly before I get to this message. And he says that if you hear my sayings, my word, and do them, these blessings will come upon you. They'll pursue you and overtake you. Don't miss that. They will pursue you and overtake you. You can't Outrun God. When you're running from him or when you're running to him or whether you're just running, you can't outrun God. He will pursue you, run you down with these blessings and then he starts listing them. I'm going to bless your kids. I'm going to bless your cattle. I'm going to bless your crops. I'm going to bless your storehouses and your barns and he goes on. And that's normally where we stop. But read on past that. Read on past that. I'm trying to give you some truth tonight that can impact your life in a positive way. If you'll read on past that blessing part, look out. Because he says, if you hear these sayings and don't do them, these curses shall come upon you. Go read them. Don't take my word for it. Go read them. I don't want those curses. I want us to be doers of the word. And the portion of doing tonight that I want to talk to about is in that passage that we read, the Great Commission. And in order to be successful in going and being a witness and teaching and preaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, we have to fully embrace where he says in verse 18, all power, enough said, 
All power in heaven and earth is mine. Not limited power, not some power, not occasional power, but all power. The power to save, the power to keep, the power to satisfy, the power to deliver, the power to provide, the power to come upon you in the middle of the worst moment of your life and anoint you and supercharge you to cause you to be well able to not only go through but to overcome that circumstance or situation that you're in. Just ask the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. Just ask Daniel in the lion's den. Just ask Moses at the Red Sea. Just ask many of the people that you read in the word and remember this that the Lord changes not he's the same yesterday today and forever he's full of grace full of mercy full of truth he is in no way a respecter of any person he's a good God to all he wants us to come in obedience in submission in reverence in expectation and watch him show up and show out in your life. But you've got to embrace the fact that all power is his. That means the power that's necessary for the one you will be witnessing to. For him to change their life. I'm reminded of the story. In the gospel where there was a paralytic man and four guys came bringing him to Jesus on a cot. Do you remember that story? And when they got near the house, they couldn't get close to the house because the house was full and people were crowded around the house outside. And so what did they do? They went up on the roof and tore the ceiling tiles off. And they lowered this man on his cot down in front of Jesus. Don't miss this. And scripture says that when Jesus saw their faith, he healed that man. If you can ever embrace that all power is his to the point that you recognize no matter what their issue is, no matter what their situation is, if you can just get them to Jesus, he can take care of it. That's a fact. I believe it with all of my heart or I'd still be coaching or something else. Secondly, he gives you the commission of, you go. Go ye therefore. You go. How many of you have been in the military? Could I see your hand? Or any kind of paramilitary type work, fire department, police department, anything like that. Put it up there again. How many of you know what a commissioned officer is? Okay, you can put it down. When that commissioned officer came in, what'd you do? You stood up at attention. In some cases, if the situation was right, you saluted. And when those guys, before they became the commissioned officer, they were just like the average Joe Blow. But when they put those bars on his collar, he was given authority. He was given power. He was to be a representative of leadership in the military of the United States of America. I want you to understand with a commission comes authority and with a commission comes power and God has commissioned us to go 
He's given us authority. He's given us power. He's given us the name of Jesus that's above every name to pray in, to take dominion over circumstances and situations in. He's given us not only the power of his name, but he's given us his blood for forgiveness. He's given us his word to build our faith and to instruct us. He's given us his spirit that we can walk in victory because when we get full of his spirit, we're empowered. We're led by the spirit. We have a sensitivity of discernment that's beyond our own. So recognize that he has commissioned you and given you the authority and power. It's not by your might or your power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's the difference maker. And thirdly, and I'm going to close, we see in verse 20 that he promised his presence. I am with you all the way, even to the end of the world. <clears throat> There's an old song. Souls are crying, men are dying. Won't you lead them to the cross? Go and find them, help to win them, win the lost at any cost. Go out and win, rescue from sin, day's almost done, low seeks the sun, souls are crying. Men are dying when the lost at any cost. It costs Jesus everything. So what if it costs you a tank of gas? So what if it costs you 30 minutes of your time? I want you to understand this world is so full of broken, wounded, crippled, crushed, emotional people. So many people with hurts and scars and weights that they can't carry them alone and they're going down under the weight of it. But you've got a message of hope because you serve a God of hope. You serve a God that while we were yet sinners, he loved us and gave himself for us. Matters not what you've done. Matters not how bad you've been told you were or how bad you think you were. His grace, his forgiveness, his love transcends all of that. Would you bow your heads?